Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. As a life coach, it's important to have a niche, but it's also important to not obsess over your niche. Noel, what do you think about obsessing over your niche and why people do this? I see so many coaches, especially our students, as we mentor them into becoming the coaches that they were meant to be, hang on really, really, really hard to this concept of who they thought they were supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I kind of I kind of want to compare this to um, the book world in the book business. So uh, like books, coaching is technically a business. But if you try to sit down and come up with a book idea because you think that um, it's like popular or you think it's going to sell a lot of books or you think it's, you know, uh, clever or witty, um, that might catch attention, but the book might not be good. You know, so to write a book and, you know, how long it takes, like nine months, it's like giving birth to a child, um, you have to tell yourself or ask yourself um, if this is something that has to be written and you will die if it if it's not. And I think with finding a niche, um, it, it's the same kind of process where if you just get obsessed with the niche – uh, there might not be substance in the delivery of the coaching, you know, if you get too obsessed with the high concept idea. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, there's a huge difference between concept and implementation, just as you described with with Bookland. And it's a lot of hard work to dig into a niche and to really become an expert in it. And it's a necessary process for coaching. But the reason that I wanted to tackle this concept today is to give people permission to ease up on the death grip and also give people permission to grow, change, and change their mind. Yeah, I think like majors in college, your niche will change, uh, and it's supposed to, you know? It is supposed to. It's normal, healthy, and natural to grow and change over the course of your lifespan. And if you're a professional that works in thought, concept, research, work, becoming an expert at something like all good coaches do, you're going to change. It's a natural part of the process. I think the value of having a niche is just to get started. Yes. You know? Um, and then and then once you do that and you get the ball rolling and you start to build confidence, um, work in your niche, but also have interest in other niches and all of that, then you don't get so obsessed over that one niche and, and how you're trying to like, you know, squeeze that everything into that one niche. And that needs to be the plaque uh, or the shingle you hang outside your door. And that's not true. Yeah, I love that you said that, you know, niche work is a great way to get started. So. Let's start at the beginning when somebody first says, hey, I think I might want to become a coach. The next step is go to coach training, become certified, mm -hmm. <laughs> understand Absolutely. what it means to work with someone in session, get a handle on techniques or interventions that you can ethically use. And the only way to know something, if it's right for you, is you have to do it first. 
Yes. Can I just say real quick, because um, I think there's a lot of people doing this. Uh, just because you have uh, a huge Instagram following or you have a lot of attention or there's something that you're doing on the internet where you where you have a community, that doesn't mean that automatically you're going to be an amazing coach. You actually have to get training. And if you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to um, waste your opportunity because you're, you're not going to have the confidence or the tools to actually change people's lives. You're just going to end up giving a lot of advice, you know, and that is not going to be sustainable. You're, you're right. And that's vitally important. Coaching is not about advice giving where, where the advice giving shows up is in your marketing. And hopefully if you have a platform where you're on Instagram or Facebook or other aspects of social media, and you're dedicated to a really specific topic, you're also taking the time to do research and discover information for your audience that's not readily available, or it's inaccessible, or it's new, or it's little known, and you're putting something out there that people need because you're the only one who has it. Yes. Um, you know, also in order to, to know if something is right for you, you have to do it first. Yes. 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 So I want to give you a bunch of examples from my own life. So when I first started out as a coach, I chose to focus on weight loss because during that period of my life, I had just lost a significant amount of weight. It was measurable and specific. I thought I wanted to work with women. I still do work with women. And I said, hey, this is something that I can do. It's marketable. I can bring it to market quickly. And when I started doing it, I hated it. <laughs> mm. Wait, why did you hate it? Um, it was boring. It was really about, um, you know, measuring, uh, you know, food intake output, there right, wasn't, right. it was pretty surface. And also when I started working mostly with women who wanted to lose weight, what became very apparent to me is that carrying excess weight was a symptom and not even necessarily a problem. And the way that women were struggling was against the weight of society and all of the pressures that we put on ourselves, And so I became interested in the deeper rooted um, issue of a female existence in a patriarchal society. And, you know, it's, it's ironic that a very surface level path in led me to my life's work, which is really pretty radical. That's a, uh, I, I'm glad you shared that because that's actually a natural process. I think a lot of people, when they get obsessed about their niche, they're trying to put the, the cart before the horse. They're trying to figure out what is commercial, what is popular, uh, what fits me. But with you, it's like you just went into a world and then you found passion in uh, something underlining. And I think that happens to a lot of different folks. You know, it's really awesome to have a future focus and an intention or even a population that you care passionately about serving, but you won't know how it's going to go until you get in there. Right. And, and, and the most important part, and this is where most people, um, this is where most people drop the balls. They don't even get in there. They too don't much even, thinking. Too much thinking, too much fear. How can I do this? Why will I do this? So 
what we do in the catalyst intensive is say yes you know niche is very important it's important to um present to your clients the problem that you solve and the thing that you're good at it can either be a specific set of techniques or interventions that you use or it can be a recognizable problem that you're very good at solving but before you even get there practice coaching with tons of different people on tons of different topics just to get the hang of holding space practicing non-judgment deep listening where you're not thinking about what you're going to say next while somebody's talking and then asking good questions the act of that kind of practice will give you so many clues to what you actually like and what you're actually good at Yes, and I think that's another place where many people drop the ball is they want to hurry up and get clients, they want to run retreats, they want to write books, they want to do all these exciting things, which which they can and they will, but they don't want to actually practice the craft of coaching to gain the confidence to do everything else. And that confidence is really the foundation that will allow you to launch, to write that book, to produce that content, to market yourself, to give talks, to give TED Talks, to, you know, be out in the world. For me, you know, it was obviously the instruction and the, the classroom work, which was imperative, but it was actually doing everything outside of that where, where, where I gained courage and belief and, and where I learned the most, you know, and I continue to learn. And I think it's also where you became yourself, you know, that's where you coined um, your catchphrase, you know, casual versus clinical. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had this moment um, just recently, two weeks ago. So I had a couple who wanted a coaching session and they didn't want to do it in public. And since I'm someone who meets in coffee shops and I don't have an office, I didn't really know what to do. And then I recommended, hey, why don't we sit at the park? There's there's hardly anyone there. You know, is that private enough for you? And they said yes. And so for the first time I sat in the park, they brought, brought a blanket and it was the most interesting experience where I was coaching two people, um, and I'm saying this because it reminds me of the, the casual over clinical, underneath a tree in the shade, and uh, there was a breeze, and it was very calm, and it, it was amazing. And that's something I have never done is, is to do a coaching session in the park. And so you know, it, it's another example of how um, in the world that we live in today – uh, if you just keep doing what you do, that there's going to be new experiences presented to you. And then from those experiences, you're going to then come up with more ideas and uh, maybe a different niche or or even, um, you know, putting more emphasis on the current niche you have. Oh, yeah. So are you going to use that park again? I, I actually would love to. I I, um, I never even thought of that. You know, I've gone on walks and I've done, you know, of course, coffee shop sessions, webcam sessions. I never thought because uh, there's a lot of parks in L.A. Um, and I don't know if it would work in New York because they're so packed. But in L.A., you know, there's space. So um, I never thought, let's just go to the park. <laughs> so maybe oh, yeah. that's my new thing. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, look at this. John is, you know, over a decade-long veteran of the industry coming up with new ideas, changing the way that you practice, changing the way that you do things. I actually have um, a question about identity that I wanted to ask you and to, to kind of highlight the way that things can really shift and change for you in terms of who you are and how you present yourself. So when you and I first met, you were like a CrossFit god. 
Well, I, I wouldn't say God, but yeah, I was I was very obsessed and into CrossFit. I definitely uh, drank the Kool Aid. Yeah, well, and it was it was a huge part of your life and your identity. It was part of your um, online identity. What was it like for that to transition for you? And how did it change your online presence? How did it change your coaching presence? Yeah. So, um, what a great question. And and if so, if if I kept going with the CrossFit thing, even if in real life I have um, swayed away from it, but I started to keep pretending. So I'm now um, posting videos and me doing muscle-ups and stuff just because I think that's what the audience wants, then I will start to feel false. Then I'll start to feel like I'm selling a version of myself that I created, but I but I'm not living in my truth. And I think the byproduct of that would be imposter syndrome. I think the byproduct of that would be um, I'm coaching people, I'm trying to coach people to be authentic, but I'm being a hypocrite. And so the truth is I don't CrossFit much anymore. I mean, of course, I still sweat, but there are other things happening in my life. Like, you know, I'm about to be a father, so the content's going to change. So, you know, life is a giant umbrella, and so it's okay to have different conversations about different things because we change and we grow and we get interested in other things. And so as you do that, and this is another reason why you can't obsess over your niche, your niche is going to change and transform, you know? So when you moved away from CrossFit, did you see any difference in the population that was following you? How did Yes, of course. Absolutely. So then when I started to talk about other things like fatherhood and then working in nonprofit and definitions of man, um, my my uh, my my followers are predominantly um, um, like mid thirties, forties female. Now there's a lot of men coming over because I'm creating that dialogue. So something that I want to highlight is you were really entrenched in a a really specific space and a really specific niche. And I think a lot of people face fear with, you know, moving away from what once worked for them. And for you, the sky didn't fall. Right. It, it, um, It just expanded my horizon. The sky didn't fall, but the horizon expanded. <laughs> and and I think the folks who, you know, are and have always been your diehard followers came with you. Yeah, of course, um, because I didn't change. My uh, my intentions didn't change. Uh, just my 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 interest and hobbies changed. Right. So like the core now, if the core of who I was started to change. So if I started to be hypocritical or I mean, whatever, you know, if I changed, like, like if, if, if John Kim as a person changed, then I would lose followers, or I would lose people who, um, you know, no longer, <laughs> no longer uh, decided to uh, follow my story, because I, I was changing in a way that that they didn't like, you know, yeah, I, I would lose trust. Yeah, you, you, you would lose trust. And, and, you know, looking towards the new year, looking towards this massive, you know, new chapter that's coming in your life. I am so excited to see how fatherhood changes you and your niche work. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's also kind of what's exciting about coaching is that it's elastic. You know, it's wet cement. Um, And this is why I I really uh, keep telling people to make life coaching a lifestyle because then you're not just obsessed with 
your quote unquote brand or uh, your your niche. You know, I think I think today especially we could fall into the trap of creating a caricature, and then that caricature you turning uh, you into a, uh, turning a prison where you can't leave that 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 caricature that you've created. Yeah. So let me pull the wool back here. And, and when, as we're talking about niche and just really drill down on exactly what's going on. So, you know, you guys heard me talk about how weight loss was something that I started at with. And then that drove me to discover that I really thought that whole world was false and fake and move towards, you know, a feminist coach existence. And then with John, we just heard about, you know, three to four different niche areas that have been a part of his life that some he's carried with him, some have changed and slipped away as he's moved on to different chapters of life. What's really important here is that both John and I have never been without a niche. The niche itself signals to people, I can help you with the problem that you want to solve, whether it's CrossFit, weight loss, becoming yourself as a woman. Uh, well, John might not be able to help with that, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, different aspects of existence, you know, now moving into masculinity and fatherhood, you know, these are going to be lighthouses. They're going to be beacons for people saying, you know, these are areas in which you can impact change. And I, as a human, am out there on the front lines trying to figure out how so I can help you. Yeah. And there's also beauty in the arc of your story. And I think this is something that, that not many people talk about. So like for you going from academia to um, coaching eating disorder patients to um, feminism to now CEO, uh, startups, entrepreneurship, and of course teaching and coaching. So there's like this beautiful arc of your story. And I think that if you don't have an arc, your content's going to be flat. If you don't have an arc, what are we following? You know, then we're following a cardboard cutout. Then we're following uh, something that you think we want, but we're not really following a true person and his or her story. Yeah, and and it's it's the sound bites that come from your story that inspire people and draw them in. So the last, I'm I'm gonna explain the last three client inquiries that I had. One of them was somebody who heard me speak and said, when you said this, I realized that that's what I wanted for myself. Can you help me? That was really powerful. Another one was a referral from a client of mine who um, just cold, had no clue who I am in the world, no clue, you know, what I work on. And this person just wrote to me and said, Hey, I'm in urgent need of a coach. So-and-so recommended you highly. Can you help me? And I had to respond and say, I will, we'll see, let's talk, but here's who I am and here's what I actually do. <laughs> you know, you know, is this a fit? Uh, and then the last one was an old client who came back to me, um, after years and just said, I need help again. So three very different um, clients who are looking for very different things. Very different clients who are looking for very different things. And what was kind of absent in in all of that was promotion, my niche, you know, word of mouth is a really great um, 
advertisement. And for, for me, that's really where my bread and butter is. And so I think, you know, too, folks get really scared because we talk a lot about John's work. It's very public. It's very visible. I do have a full-time job as a CEO, so I only take on a handful of clients at a time, if that. But I manage to have a thriving practice without any of the bells and whistles and content creation and production and all of that for my private practice. Yeah, and I also love that you have a full-time job and also are able to help people and coach people on the side um, because many people think coaching is like, I'm going to quit everything and put everything into coaching. Um, you don't have to do it that way. You can build slowly. You can have your, uh, your niche on the side and also uh, do other things. Yeah, I block out three to four hours a week. And sometimes they're on the weekends, sometimes they're evening. And if my clients are able to accommodate those hours, that's it, you know, end of story. So it's not, it, it, it adds to my life. It certainly doesn't detract from it. Yeah, absolutely. If you are thinking about becoming a coach or you're curious, I hope um, this conversation has uh, relieved some pressure in uh, you wanting to find a niche. Um, if you are a life coach already in the process, I hope this conversation is going to encourage you to not obsess about your niche. Start coaching now. Uh, start doing it. Start meeting with people. Again, holding space, non-judgment, deep listening, asking questions. And if you need support, if you need community, come talk to us at Journey Coaching. I am on the phones. We have a great team on the phones, all graduates of our program. And truly, we're here to support you because we love this field and coaching is about hope and we need more people <laughs> coming into it so that we can build this field and really change the world. Yeah, and when Noel says we need more people, we're not talking about from a, a company's perspective. Of course, we, we would love more people. We're talking about a, gr a global world perspective, meaning we need, need more people to be helpers in this world so, the, so there's more catalysts. Change is possible and change is possible for everyone. We need to destigmatize the field and then move into the public's consciousness that this is a discipline and a profession with serious teeth. It creates real sustained change over time. And you know that's why I do this work is because I believe that people suffer because they stay stuck. Yes, and I wanna end with this. Your niche is your story. So share it. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Be well.